Alex was just saying that Merfolk was like a deck that High Tide couldn't beat because you could put an Isochron Scepter with a High Tide and then you untap with the Candelabras dude. That's totally legit. Because Alex was saying that <laughs> you could trade for candlesticks. Yeah, alright, so this is episode 28. Um, now, I don't know, Ben, do you want to do an intro? <laughs> I love how you just have the guests, like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, you may not be used to this and yeah. have no experiences, but we're going to throw you straight into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to, it's something... Whatever. Whatever. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what you would do for an intro. <laughs> uh, alright, then. Screw it. Maybe the, maybe the next time you come on, you can do it. <laughs> Jerry, yeah. you want to do one? Uh, yeah. I, I can do one. Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't yeah. have to scoop to anyone. Right. Right. Even it's... your mom, you know, and she's <laughs> gonna pop eight and you're gonna pop her out. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't find about... Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. I'm your host, Jerry, joined here by my good friend, Matt Matrisker. Matris- ah, blah. <laughs> Such a good friend. <laughs> Such a good friend. I can't even say it. <laughs> um, Alright, I'm going to leave out the uh, Twitter handles at night. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode. <laughs> Damn it, Adrian. That's all right, Jerry. I'm leaving all this in now. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. welcome to episode 28, Leaving a Legacy. Awesome intro. <laughs> we'll just shorten that shit up. There you go. Um, Adrian, we are joined by a very special guest today, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of funny. Now... All right, so with us is uh, at Pomegranate. This is Ben Petrino. How you doing, Ben? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, do me a favor. Why don't you tell everybody your Twitch stream? Channel. Yeah, I'm a uh, twitch.tv slash Pomegranate. Um, I go by the same thing on Twitter. Um, that's well, let me guess. <laughs> also the same thing on Magic Online. Yeah, same as Magic Online. If you want to find me there too. Oh, we got the hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that trifecta. Um, so. So yeah, now I know you've never listened to this podcast. I don't blame you. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. usually anybody that's actually heard this cast uh, w- once or twice uh, realizes that I am a huge fan of Tin Fins, and um, and so after playing down in South Florida and playing what I guess was essentially your deck, um, you know, you got to hold me. Want to talk about some of the card selections anyway? And actually, there was. Now I, I played a few different versions, um, and I I like the way I, I do like the way that that deck was built. Um, the the one thing. Oh man! And I, so yeah, when we started doing this, like a lot of the guys that were listening, were like, all right, enough tin fins. But <laughs> so this is what Adrian is. Yeah, what Adrian is tiptoeing around is buckle up for the official tin fins episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and so before we get too deep, though, Ben, why don't why don't you tell us a little, tell our listeners a little history with uh, yourself and the deck, and maybe just legacy as a whole. Yeah. 
Sure. Um, started playing in Mercadian Mask as a kid then, and uh, I didn't really play competitively until uh, after college, which I had some free time, so I wanted to start playing Magic a little more competitively. This was around like a and thirteen came out that summer, so uh, I uh, started playing a lot of paper, and I found that it was kind of, it was just too expensive for me to play Legacy in paper a lot. So I went to play on Magic Online. It's a lot cheaper, and you could play all the time. So it was a format I didn't really know that much about. So I got to play a bunch of different decks, and uh, I originally started playing Tin Fins when one of my friends wanted to. Like Tin Fins, but he had an idea to put uh, Stronghold Gambit into the deck, if you know that card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So he wanted to put Stronghold Gambit into the deck as a way to cheat in Grizzlebrand and uh, start comboing faster, faster, or have a different way to do it if you have the Grizzlebrand in your hand. So I started playing uh, his, his list, and after that, I kind of figured out that when you're playing Tin Fins, a lot of the times... You get stuck on, on like, producing mana after Grizzlebrand is in play. Because you only have Lotus Petals and the one Chrome Mox. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot with that deck. So I wanted to, I wanted to do something to make a lot more mana. So the first thing I thought of was a Lion's Eye Diamond. Because that's the best, it's free three mana. And I thought that because the way Grizzlebrand worked, you could discard your hand and draw more cards. So it didn't really matter all that much. Mm-hmm. But putting stuff into the graveyard isn't always bad. Like if you put the Children of Coralis into the graveyard, after you crack a Lion's Eye Diamond, then you can reanimate it mm-hmm. and you keep comboing. So then from there, I had seen Hess, uh, and they play Burning Wish in their deck. So I thought that if I could integrate Burning Wish in there somehow and be able to re- like have answers plus way to reanimate stuff in the graveyard it could make the deck uh, a lot stronger and um, I kind of just ran with it from there Nice, so how long have you been playing the deck? Was this something that you developed recently? Because I know it hasn't really come on a lot of people's radars, at least the Burning Wish variant uh, until fairly recently I've been doing it for six months I think. I'm not sure of the exact time frame but it's um, around that Okay, nice and uh, have you had any success with it, or is it just kind of something you uh, mess around with online? I had a success in Legacy Daily events with the deck quite fr- uh, pretty frequently, but in uh, I don't get to play Paper Magic that often. So I've only played uh, actually one event. I played one uh, Star City Indianapolis with the event. Yeah, actually, I saw you on uh, you were on coverage there too, right? Yeah, I was on coverage. Yeah, because somebody, uh, somebody was telling me Ten Fins was was at. Jeez, oh, man, it was one of the guys from the Facebook group. Anyway, I'm trying to remember if it was Steve Hendrickson. Somebody was telling me that there, that there was Ten Fins there, and uh, so I had to start watching the coverage. I think I actually saw you playing. Yeah, so I started off five zero at that tournament, and then had some bad games afterwards. Mm-hmm. I lost four rounds in a row. Mm-hmm. I think the deck has a lot of problems. Oh yeah, I mean the um, so one of the things. What's what, important is when you were on camera, you were five and zero. Right, that's that's the best part. <laughs> <laughs> that that's where you just gotta trail off the story, and if they have asked follow up questions, then you can admit what it ends up being. <laughs> no, uh, so I'll 
I'm going to tell you, Ben, I, I don't play any moto. So, I, like, I am becoming aware that the metagame in moto is different than the metagames are in paper. Um, so, so, like, when I was playing the list, the, I, I swapped one card from Romario Neto's 75, and it was just in the sideboard. I wanted three copies of Abrupt Decay just to tighten up the match against Miracles. Um but everything else I left intact. And the one card I never cited in because I didn't actually understand uh, were the three copies of Duress. Yeah. Um, I actually board in the, the Duresses a lot. Um, I, he, the list he was playing was an older one of mine. I used to play Abrupt Decay in mine, but I decided to stop playing it because I felt that it was too hard in the mana base to consistently Abrupt Decay. And then... Also, combo. Hmm. I thought I had mana troubles, so I decided that I would go with more discard in the sideboard, and then try to force force the combo through that way. Oh, I see. To, to take a uh, okay, and right. to try to get their force of will or their or their graphic stage, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I is still. Okay, Jerry. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a reason why you chose uh, duress over some of the other discard options? Uh, because you aren't maxed out on Thoughtseizes or Cabal Therapies now, aren't you? I have four Cabal Therapies. And, uh, I have two Thoughtseizes, one in the main deck, one on the sideboard. Mm-hmm. But, um, I didn't play more Thoughtseizes just because I didn't want to take that damage. Yeah. It, 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 right, a Thoughtseize can sometimes be the difference between two Grizzlebrand activations and one Grizzlebrand activation. So I felt that it was really important. So I, I guess, like, it's... People do play a lot of creature-based uh, hate cards. It's hard, it's hard to deal with those, too. But I've been playing Chain of Vapors mm-hmm. more recently, so I, I usually bring in two Chain of Vapor and two Duress in a lot mm-hmm. of matchups. Mm-hmm. Just to change up... Um, like, uh, I have some answers, plus I have some proactive discard. Now, what are you using for show-and-tells? Just one in the sideboard? Yeah, just one show-and-tell. Okay. I found when I was playing Tinfins, I, um, the Burning Reanimator version I played of it was actually the original version I played, and it never used blue, it was just straight uh, black-red. But in the Tinfins variant I was playing, I always felt Show and Tell was too slow. Yeah, I, I only have Show and Tell as uh, a slower way to get Grizzlebrand into play. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have a Grizzlebrand in hand and a Burning Wish, in some matchups it's okay to... Uh, play Burning Wish, get Show and Tell, and then Show and Tell Grizzlebrand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Apparently, against like, faster matchups, you want to be faster than that. Hey, Jerry. Yes. Is your game cranked up again? Um, no, but I okay. can load it. <laughs> Why does it sound off? <laughs> well, no, I'm just. I'm, so I got actually I got hit up earlier too on uh, on Twitter. I'm gonna I. I'm not going to get into the top eight yet, but the uh, somebody mentioned something, and and I'm just noticing I'm having a, like Ben's mic keeps fading in and out, but I can hear the wind blowing your house, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll turn the game down. Yeah, I think my microphone's just super sensitive. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, Is that better? Yeah. No. Either way. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to try something new too, but I'm going to mention that towards the top eight anyway. But the uh, so. So, Ben, I mean, so he, what I started doing recently was to basically take Tinfins, and the only red that I'm actually accessing is uh, 
is Burning Wish, but I'm still I'm still playing Abrupt Decay myself. Um, and I figured I figured I could play Abrupt Decay because I'm still using the one Gemstone Mine anyway and Lotus Petals. Um, Much better then. And also I'm keeping a Bayou because I want to. I really like this idea. All right, so a little bit of late breaking news and this kind of sucked ass, but the um, so I put this deck list together and uh, went to SCG Providence and just before the players meeting my deck was uh, missing um, so I <clears throat> so I've got this list together uh, but I haven't had extensive uh, runnings with it but I'm still playing Abrupt Decay so I'm still playing Bayou but it, I figured I also wanted to try since I'm playing Burning Wish anyway to have a Reverend Silence in the sideboard where I can fetch out a Bayou Reverend Silence to get rid of a Rest in Peace and then and then uh, Shallow Grave around that I like that you just casually glossed over there, Adrian, that you had your legacy deck stolen, and you love it so much that you put it back together within 48 hours. No, not yet, Jerry. I, I still, I just went down to Connecticut. I can't find Lion's Eye Diamonds. Okay, but other than the Lion's Eye Diamonds, you put together, what, like 72 cards of it back together? Yeah, 73. So, you know... It sucks losing your deck. Uh, you know, for our listeners who have had that happen, it's probably one of the most gut wrenching feelings you can have. Um, but I just find it super <laughs> impressive yeah. that you instead. Most people, when they get their legacy deck stolen, their reaction is, "Do I continue to play Magic?" Oh, Yours was, "How do I get this back together as soon as possible?" <laughs> no, Jerry, that's still my reaction. I mean, the the thing is, is like, so here's here's what I like about Tinfins, is that I'm not playing fucking lands like. The deck is not... Oh, man, I really didn't want to get into this. Uh, all right, so... So, yeah. Um, you know, if if you took, like... Uh, I don't care, like, Stoneforge Miracles, right? And you take my play set of tops and play set of tundras and play set of... I mean, really, yeah, anybody that takes it's coming anyway, but the... Um, like, that's extensive value. The nice thing about Tinfins is that it's not um, how can I put it it's not a cheap deck to put together but it's not you're not playing a play set of underground seats you know you're playing I play polluted deltas which are in cons I play yeah but you're still playing two underground seas three lions eye diamonds even grizzle brands a play set of grizzle brands is a hundred bucks a play set of entombs is a hundred bucks yeah I, I know how much the deck yeah Jerry thank you I know this you're sucks <laughs> anytime yeah you're right it's gut wrenching you want to bring it back up for me what and a pal meanwhile meanwhile Ben's over here it's like that's what you don't have to worry about on magic online <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah uh, so anyway <laughs> uh Sorry, yeah, Adrian, but the, yeah, humble, so, the humbleness—you gotta, you gotta sometimes revel in it. No, I had to, uh, I had to sell off a whole bunch of shit to put the deck back together, and 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 there's more that goes into the topic because there's uh, there's a couple of guys that actually helped me put the deck back together too. Um, but anyway, yeah, so it's it's a deck that I love. But um, so anyway, so yeah, I'm still playing Abrupt Decay, and I'm still playing Reverend Silence, and you know, I, again, I'm not familiar with how it is on moto but i actually wanted to also try besiege you on the sideboard just because it's so fun to watch like a miracles player tier yeah i i do like besiege you a lot i actually i haven't played this deck in a little bit i've been playing a, a eureka in legacy okay as a new project but, uh, <laughs> i really like that you could uh that deck you could play besiege you mm-hmm. really consistently i think yeah. that's a 
a underplayed card right now for combo players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I like it a lot. The I, I used it in a sneak and show deck, and um, you know, the the thing about Tinfins is it's so much faster than uh, than the other Grizzlebrand decks. Um, so like the Seizu almost slows it down. It's just something I was thinking about. The, like for me, the debate was like the Seizu Overmaster buried alive, and I haven't fully decided on where I want to stick with it yet. Um, but I gotta say, I love the meltdown in the sideboard. Like yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite cards as well. <laughs> that is so good against the chalices on the field. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I caught that. Um, and, and I'm playing Stronghold Gambit in the sideboard, Massacre, Exhum, Abrupt Decay, Tendrils. I'm actually using three copies of Show and Tell just for games two and three. I haven't tried that. I think that's interesting. I'll have to give that a try. It's well, much it's, better against Miracles, too. Cause you just put Grizzlebrand in the play, and you're probably fine. Yeah, I mean, I figure if they're going to bring in Graveyard Hate, like, um, I mean, I actually did face down in Florida. Somebody actually played Leyline of the Void, and I don't see that at all. So, like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, I can't Abrupt Decay that. Uh, <laughs> you know, but the... Right. Um, like, maybe, so game two, I'll uh, leave the Burning Wishes, but maybe take out the Lion's Eye Diamonds, bring in the Show and Tells. I'm not playing uh, Gataxian Probe. I've, de- I've, I've decided to stop playing that card. I, th- I mean, it's a good card. It's awesome with Cabal Therapy. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I love playing this deck. But yeah, I- you can also have the baller move of Gataxian Probe and then crack uh, LED in response and hope you get lucky. <laughs> I've had to do it before. <laughs> oh, great, but yeah. yeah, I don't think I'm a fan of that. But <laughs> um, I never said it was the best situation. <laughs> when and no, but the uh, I, I so I used to play the blue red Omni Show deck uh, that was Sorcery Speed, and I loved having the Sorcery Speed sideboard. So seeing the Burning Wishes with the Lion's Eye Diamonds and Tin Fins, and allowing that Sorcery Speed sideboard looks and feels so uh, fun. And it, it really is. You know, so I'm thinking about playing Stronghold Gambit just against, like, Ad Nauseam Tendrils decks and Miracles and, you know, obviously not against Elves or Merfolk, but um, certain decks I think that card's going to get some serious uh, some serious Grizzlebrand triggers off it anyway. Yeah, it's almost like the deck is evolving to be more centered around Burning Wish. Uh, you know, obviously still it's a Grizzlebrand-centric deck, but I feel Burning Wish, when I first started playing Legacy, was a really, really popular combo player card, and it's pretty much fallen off the face of the earth these days. Like, even Storm doesn't see that much play itself, and when it does, you know, half the time they don't even run the Burning Wish variant. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I really like Burning Wish, though. That's, it's one of my favorite cards. I just, I like the flexibility that it gives you mm-hmm. in your combo deck. A lot of times, you don't really get don't get options as a combo player. You kind of do your thing, and if they disrupt you, you kind of just have to deal with it. No. I like that Burning Wish lets you find find answers in your sideboard, but also different paths to winning. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I like the, like, so, okay, in the most recent build for me, I've got five reanimation spells main deck, two in the sideboard that are accessible through Burning Wish, so I actually have nine reanimation spells. Right. It's it's just uh it's it's intense. What's wh- I'm curious. What's what's your most memorable play play in this deck? Oh, it's hard. Um, because you get so many turn one kills, you know. So it's mm-hmm. uh. I find the every time you get to put one of those. You know, <laughs> one at yeah. a time, Jerry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just so excited. So excited. <laughs> <laughs> I find the turn fifteen kills are the more exciting plays with this deck. Because <laughs> I definitely had to. Tr- a- I definitely hard cast a Grizzlebrand before to have the combo. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. um, before, and that's. But I think some of the more exciting wins, I think, come from like anytime you beat miracles, it feels really good. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a very hard matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, Bug Delver too. Yeah, Bug Delver is a hard matchup too. So anytime you get to beat one of them, I, I think I have a really memorable game where I was playing against someone who was playing Affinity. They played Chalice of the Voids in their side. I think sometimes even in the main deck. Mm-hmm. I had the Burning Wish for Meltdown, and I get to blow up all, the, all of their lands, too, because they're all artifact oh, lands. Oh, yeah, that's right. So that was one of the oh. more memorable plays I've ever had. <laughs> that's okay. brutal. I actually, I actually had somebody rage quit one day. They were playing uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils, and I let them... They were comboing off and comboing off, and as soon as they cast Past in Flames, I caught it on the stack and cast Silence. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> silence for the win. <laughs> Uh, actually, speaking of silence, I was never a fan of silence in the builds. Do you, do you still run it, Ben? Oh, I've actually never played silence. Yeah. Oh, you never played silence in your versions. No, okay. he doesn't access the white. He only accesses white just for children of Corliss. But you don't even play Scrubland, right? No, I don't have a Scrubland or a Tundra. Yeah. Just straight Lotus Petal or nothing. Right. Well, he's Shallow Grave in the children anyway. Yeah, I figure, um, once you're, once you start drawing so many cards, like, uh, the only bottleneck is, Mana, and once once you make enough mana, you can you can always figure out like whatever colors that you need. Yeah, yeah. it really doesn't seem. It seems play wise, it's been so much easier with the Lion's Eye Diamonds. Where, where like you said, you trigger Grizzlebrand to draw seven on the stack, crack the LED. Right. And yeah. The only time that that's awkward, and the only time that really the only time it's been awkward for the deck with me is whenever Emrakul is in my hand. It's the same same feeling yeah. I have. Too. It almost it almost makes me want to play Living Wish and just keep Emrakul on the sideboard. It's tough. Mm-hmm. I think um, the other Tinfin versions, they actually have to loop the Emrakuls a lot. I've only had to ever do that once or twice while playing the deck in about six months. Yeah, it kind of depends. I mean, I like I'll. I don't even know how necessary it is, other than want to use Emrakul to kill people. Sometimes I might try to like I might have to try to entomb Emrakul for one of a few reasons. One is I either need the Dark Rituals and Lotus Petals back in the deck. Uh, the second is to actually counteract a Surgical Extraction that's on the stack. Yeah. Right. Um, taking a step back, though, I, I also found that was my biggest problem with uh, the deck is the mana uh, the mana bottleneck. And I actually tried experimenting with uh, uh, Mox Diamonds instead of Lion's Eye Diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it was great once you were already comboing off. They were the perfect uh, card because you could just discard all these extra lands you couldn't play anymore but it was utterly useless when you're trying to set up the combo because the deck just doesn't have enough lands to reliably be able to cast a land on turn one and have a Lion's Eye Diamond to discard with a land to discard to it. You mean a Mox Diamond? Yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> Mox Diamond. Too many Diamonds. Diamonds yeah. for everyone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I never thought of the uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, mostly because I don't own them, so I find... That's right, Jerry, that makes two of us. Yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely like the uh, Lion's Eye Diamond, because there are a lot of fun tricks that you can play with it. Yeah, I, I think my favorite part is being able to uh, play a Lion's Eye Diamond and play Shallow Grave. Yes. Cracking the diamond in response, and that's that's one of my favorite plays with this deck. Yeah, and I, I noticed that when I started playing it with the Burning Wish and the LEDs that you had together, and I'm like, oh my god, that, that's like Infernal Tutor when you crack LED with it on the stack. Right. Like, it plays so similar, only... I I like... I So, 
before I went down to Florida, I'm like, well, maybe I should just throw a test together. And I put it together, and I'm like, I just really like Grizzle Brand better than Ad Nauseum. I feel the same way. Yeah. Ad Nauseum's a cool card, too, but I like I like Grizzle Brand a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Ad Nauseum doesn't swing for seven. Well, Ad, yeah, Ad Nauseum doesn't swing <laughs> for seven, and Grizzle Brand doesn't make me take four if one of those cards is Tendrils of Agony. Right. What I actually, I loved in a fevered dream when I was uh, just looking at the deck is thought about throwing uh, a Rook Salvagers in the deck, which is the basis for Bomberman, the, uh, which is a vintage deck, because the Rook Salvagers plus Lion's Eye Diamond in the deck also equals infinite mana. Uh, are you familiar with that card, Ben? Yeah, I, I actually play vintage online, too. Oh, excellent. So you are well-versed in it. Out of yeah, curiosity, I, did you play Bomberman? I played it a, a little bit. It's not... It's not very good on Magic Online because you can't shortcut at all. So. Yeah, it's not very good on paper either. <laughs> <laughs> now, Adrian. <laughs> now, I, I do see what you, you mean because I have Miracles together on Magic Online, but I don't play it because I lose to the clock more often than my opponent. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely see the same with uh, Bomberman. These decks that require the same motions repeated over and over again just destroy your time, and everyone has their own individual clock on Magic Online. Yeah, in Vintage, I, I play Dolcher. So, <laughs> so I like only deck Nice! <laughs> I like yes, the one yeah. fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's even worse on Magic Online. At least at like a tournament event, you can like walk around, you can use the time to get food. Magic Online, you win your round, and then you just stare at your computer screen for 20 minutes. Usually streaming though, so. So you just you know like juggle in front of the camera. <laughs> yeah, I, I talk to the stream, but you can play rounds in between too, which I like about it. Hey ben, I got a question for you. You're, you said you're in like the New York, New Jersey area, right? Uh, I live in Indianapolis now. I'm originally from. Oh, jeez, okay. <laughs> well, then I guess that answers the other part of it. I thought you were in like New York, New York, New Jersey. I was going to ask you if you were coming to SCG Worcester. Uh, no, I don't think I'll be able to make it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like two-day legacy. I figured you were close, but nope, Indianapolis. Yeah, I, I would like to. Yeah. A, there's not that many paper legacy events where I am, mm-hmm. so anytime I get to play legacy, it's a, it's a treat. Yeah. Yeah, I am always interested about what the legacy legacy scene looks like in other parts of the country. I feel the Midwest is kind of devoid of... I mean, is there a magic scene in general out there? Because I don't even know if the middle of the country plays all that much magic. I feel it's much more of a coastal game. Uh, the Midwest actually has a very big magic scene. Oh, okay, cool. It's, I think it's less based on like a one city or area, and it's more like all of the Midwest. Everyone travels to events. So for, from Indianapolis, it's like an hour and a half to Cincinnati and an hour and a half to Louisville. So we're all used to having to drive a little bit to get to events. Hmm. But... Everyone's pretty committed to, uh, to traveling, and I think like in the five-hour range is what I'm, I'm used to now, having lived here for a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I, for. I sometimes, you know, I, I take it for granted because uh, I don't know any better, I guess, but, like, uh, Jerry doesn't get to make it there all the time, but, like, actually probably 15, 20 minutes away is where we play Legacy and we're able to get a lot of times, 20 to 30 off every week, 20 to 30 people at a legacy. Well, 15 to 20 minutes away from you, Adrian. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I said. It, uh, okay, well, you were saying, like, Jerry doesn't make it there all the time. I am dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're dedicated for being an hour away. I give you yes. that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, we don't have uh, paper legacy events. 
At all? Really? I mean, just no. when the SCG comes around? Yeah, just when SCG comes around. Do you feel it's because it's due to access of cards? Like when you go into stores, are there just no legacy cards in the in the shop in the shops? Uh, we definitely have some stores that have legacy staples. I just think it's a. I think people make a little bit less money out here, and uh, there's less players. I think just in like our cities aren't in- incredibly large, so people mostly play standard. And mm. I also happens. feel it's a a chicken and the egg type scenario. You can't have a legacy com- community without legacy players, and you can't really get people to play legacy unless you have a legacy community. So if there's, I, no def- spot, I feel the same way too. Yeah. yeah, because it's it's definitely in those areas where there's been legacy forever that legacy is played. It's really really difficult to start a brand new legacy scene. It's hard to convince Even, people to pay that much money for for a new deck, which I I don't blame them. <laughs> yeah, especially if they don't even know if they're going to be able to play it. Like, hey, you should you should spend two thousand dollars on this uh, piece of cardboard so that you might be able to play it with someone who also has the idea to spend two thousand dollars on this piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I think the Midwest has a very good Magic scene. It's just uh, more focused on on standard play. Speaking of standard, I did join the dark side. I put together a standard deck for the first time since Onslaught was legal. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, Jerry. I think I probably... Uh, I, I, uh, okay, sure. Well, why did Adrian's you like, oh, I probably had to edit out this section of the podcast anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to beep over the word standard. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, I made I made the Esper Dragons list. It's just the deck is so sweet. It's so much fun to play, and I usually hate Standard because there's no interaction in Standard like there is in Legacy. But this Esper Dragons deck, you know, it tickled tickled that funny bone of mine where you know you get hmm? there's interaction in Standard. You cast creatures, you attack. They block with creatures. That's <laughs> yeah, that's why about. I like the Esper Dragons list. Is you basically get to play with Force Spike and Counterspell on the same card. Uh, you get Dig Through Time, you get Thoughtseize. Yeah, you know what? You get those cards in Legacy, too. I know. That's why I'm playing them in Standard. <laughs> if they're good at Legacy, think how good they are in Standard. Oh, yeah. Well, um, no, I'm not going to title this Leaving a Standard, Jerry. <laughs> I just want You don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to bring it up. First Standard deck I ever built since Onslaught. I just oh, want to yeah. lay that out there. Mm, uh Compelling. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm done. That was my soapbox. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Jerry, Anyways, so, so no, wow. go on, Adrian. Apparently, I've lost my role. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was just—I was going to tell you something. I had this—I uh, had this awkward experience the other day. Right, I went to one of the stores in the area here because, uh, so my deck was stolen. I got to try to see if I can find fucking cards to replace the shit. Right. And I gotta find a void snare. That's a, it shouldn't be hard, it's a common out of M15. So I stopped at the store on my way home. And I, normally, I'm not, so I don't really, I don't shop, I don't go to eBay, I really don't do a lot of online stuff. Uh, I'd rather kinda support a local store and keep them open, try to, something like that. And, um, when I started playing again, I went to the store and I put together some decks for, you know, me, my son, my stepson, and my girl to play. And, uh, the, and this is just like a little personal thing, and I get it, it's a business, not a big deal, but the guy, when I was built, putting the decks together, was charging me a nickel for basic lands. 
And I, and it's like small, but I'm like, I can't believe I'm buying these. He's like, why? Because he doesn't play. And I'm like, because I'll be throwing these out in like three months. You know, you just, I'd like, Magic has always been, the, the lands come free in a pack. That's how you play the game. Um, but I bought these anyway. And I've always had a hard time buying stuff there because like all his cards are standard and that's a format I don't play. He's got like some random, you could find like a spring leaf drum in the case, but like nothing that's actually a legacy staple, nothing that's actually something I really wanted to try to play with. But I figured I'd find a Void Snare, so I went over there and I picked up a Void Snare. And I was telling him, you know, I went down to Providence, my deck went missing, and uh, I needed to find some cards. So I found a Void Snare, and I'm like, okay, how much? And he's like, oh, I'll just take it. And uh, I felt kind of weird. Like, I, I don't just take something easy. And um, so I, I well, I'm, now I feel like I want to buy something before I leave the store. You know, and I'm looking around, I'm like, all right, give me a pack of cards. And uh, so I bought a pack of cards, and it was kind of, an, it was a little bit more expensive pack. It wasn't like a normal pack of cards that you get. And I'm opening it up, I'm like, yeah, there really... It was really, a beta. It was uh, a beta pack. No, I'm opening it up, I'm like, yeah, there really wasn't anything in the set anyway, except the third card in was a Force of Will. So it oh, like, it's a pack very of, nice. <laughs> it was like a pack of Alliance, and I'm like, yeah, let me, and I'm like, he's like, well, here, just take the Void Snare, and I'm like, <laughs> I should buy. I'm like, I should buy something before I leave. I'm like, let me just get a pack of Alliance. There wasn't anything in the set anyway, except so now I have a pack fresh force of will. So if anybody actually wants a pack fresh force of will, I need some Lion's Eye Diamonds. <laughs> You're not putting this podcast into a trading podcast where you post your <laughs> post your bids like it's a bulletin board. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I figured I'd share that story with you, Jerry, because I know you get the uh, he had Modern Masters packs. I was thinking about you. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, Ben, but Modern Masters packs might as well be scratch tickets to me. And I'm a, uh, in real life, I'm not an addictive gambler, but when it comes to Modern Masters packs, I might as well join a support group. I love the Modern Masters. Oh, <laughs> I so felt the good. same way. I opened up with so one of those. <laughs> like, I'll go to events and there's vendors selling Modern Masters packs. I'm like, I'll take three. It's like, oh, you're drafting? I'm like, no, I'm going to open them. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of curiosity, since we got onto that topic, have you guys seen the spoilers at all? Yeah, I saw Vendillion Click was spoiled today. Did you know that, Ben? I did. I, I saw it today as well. Yeah, new art. I actually really like the new art. It looks almost very, very similar to the old art, but like updated and revamped, like a gritty reboot. I don't even care. There's a foil emblem at the bottom of it. That's cool enough for me. <laughs> oh, oh, you're you're on all about that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's one of the reasons I don't shop on eBay is I don't feel like dealing with the bullshit with the with the counterfeit knockoff stuff. Yeah, but if they can counterfeit a card, they can counterfeit a foil emblem. It takes a little bit more effort, but they can still do it. Sure, and I still won't purchase it out of eBay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so. um, so Ben, did you? You seem like a strictly combo player. Do you do any fair decks at all? I actually do play fair decks. Uh, I originally, when I was a lot younger, I played a lot of. Creature decks, just because when you're a kid you like creatures a lot. And um, my first legacy deck was Burn, which I guess is a combo deck, according to some people. Uh, I I can subscribe <laughs> to that. Adrian is in the opposite camp. We had this um, discussion, yeah. But for me, uh, I've played a lot of um, a lot of fair decks in Magic. Um, it just uh, recently, like the past few years, I've really enjoyed combo decks. I like the puzzle that you get from them. Mm-hmm. I play Modern, and in Modern I'm playing Jund, just because. Yeah, I'm playing Storm in Modern. I, I figure for Modern, if I'm going to play, I might as well play with Tarmogoy for something, and just, you know, whatever. <laughs> See, and, I, uh, 
I play Gorio's Vengeance in Modern. Just I tried the deck out a little bit, but it didn't feel uh, strong enough to me. It's a, it's a little it's a little awkward. I, th- I still think the best build that I've seen for the modern version is Tyler the Froze. He, he's got he's got a just uh, like the challenge I was having originally with it was um, scavenging ooze and, and at the time Deathrite Shaman was still legal, and he had a build that was like it just answered scavenging ooze main deck. It was really nice. Um, but yeah, that was my experience with modern. I'm not a huge modern player. When like if I play, I'll either be playing Gorio's Vengeance or Merfolk. Or elves, but those are the, they're just three decks that port back and forth between legacy and modern fairly easily. One thing about uh, Magic Online that's been really good for me is that uh, I like to just play a lot of different decks all the time. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's really easy to, to trade your cards for different cards on Magic Online. So you're not really stuck with what cards you have in your collection. Okay. What to play with? Yeah, so, I love that. So basically, uh, any. Any day I can just trade in some cards and try a new deck out, and so I'm not really tied to the one deck. But don't you lose value in each trade, like similar ways? Well, the thing is, yeah. the spread is so much smaller online. Right? Yeah. Paper. Oh, okay. The spread, me by that I mean the difference between the selling price and the buying price for vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're automated, they don't need to you know make a salary. They're just robots. So they're okay with only taking a 1% gain on a card because they can flip it easily, and they're open 24 hours a day. And it takes no labor. It takes no labor, so they're only making a couple pennies on each transaction, but they can just grind it out constantly. I get it. And then because it's a a quote-unquote perfect market where there's constant information, ease of access, kind of the same way the stock market operates, competition is so tight that it drives the price to the bottom, so that they can't really afford to make a huge margin the way a vendor can if they're the only vendor for miles. Hmm. So I, I hear what you're saying, Ben, how you can easily trade cards in, and you, you of course you're going to lose a little bit of value, but you're not going to lose the same amount like you would in paper where you could lose you know half the value trading a deck right. in. So it may, I, I kind of look at it as like maybe it costs me $20, $30 to like rent a deck kind of thing, where it's like if if I was going to go play a paper tournament, I would pay $30 to rent a deck, you know? Yeah, I've had that conversation a lot. (laughs) Yeah, if there was like a deck rental service. Right. So, if I had that access to me, I would definitely do that, and I can kind of do that on Magic Online, where I just like, well, today I want to play Esper Stoneblood, let me try that out, because I've never Mm -hmm. played it before, and I can do that. Yeah. I, I also really like just the fact that you can build a deck, and not have to take it apart in order to build a different deck. It just saves that file on your computer, and you can be like, all right, I'm going to play Esper. All right, I'm going to play Blue-Red Delver. Okay, I'm going to play Miracles. Even though all of those decks run Force of Will, I didn't have to sleeve and re-sleeve and shift the cards over in order to uh, make the decks work. It's just, which one are you going to load up? Right, yeah. it's a. It makes it really easy to prepare for a paper tournament for me. That's basically, I build all my deck lists on Magic Online now, and um, I kind of... I have a paper collection, but I kind of just have everything like unsleeved in boxes, and I can go get it when I need it. Right, you have to don't have to worry about like dealing with proxies while you're testing, or if you're debating between two different decks, which one to sleeve up and which one to proxy up. Right, I do all of my testing on Magic Online now. Yeah, I'm trying to work that way. I just got into Legacy Online with Vintage Masters, so it brought the uh, Force of Wills and Dual Lands down cheap enough that I could actually afford to buy in. Um, and the one thing that's kind of holding me off of a bunch of decks in the format was the uh, Wasteland problem. 
because Wasteland hit like $120 at its peak. Yeah, but they're going to be reprinted in a week. I know. I'm so pumped. Nice. In a couple weeks, Tempest Remastered. I am kind of like annoyed. Wasteland it's... the set. So. <laughs> yeah, Wasteland. And I love, though, they're using Lotus Petal as the face of it. <laughs> like, that's the thing everyone's waiting for. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm super pumped about that. Kind of disappointed it's going to be sold at the, during the same time Modern Masters 2 is sold. So I'm going to have to decide where I want to spend my dollars. The nice thing about Magic Online is that opening packs isn't really isn't really worth it, but mm-hmm. the, getting them from bots is. So it'll drive the prices of cards way down, and you can get the cards that you want for, for a lot cheaper than they are in paper, which is what I like Ooh. about it. Right, and you can always find a draft too. You know, right. it kind of it takes the the sharpness out of opening packs uh, when you're drafting them, because then you feel you're getting some value, you're getting entertainment value out of playing the draft. Sure. So if you open up junk cards in your pack, you're like, all right, well, I spent fifteen dollars to have a good time for a couple hours, rather than I play, paid fifteen dollars for a bunch of crap. You can get a bunch a bunch of packs out of it if you want to, which is nice. Yeah, go infinite, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> Not as easy, but as easy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's actually how I put together the standard deck, as I did it uh, online. Uh, sorry, Adrian, you got to edit out this part, too. <laughs> but yeah, I just sold all my draft earnings. Um, you know, all these random cards I got in drafts, sold them all together. I didn't realize how much I had, but I had like $100 in credit by the end. Well, that's how actually, I mean, that's how I started playing Legacy anyway, was doing sealed events and then selling the stuff. And, like, the same thing with drafts. I do drafts. Actually, <clears throat> so there's a place around here, Ben, that does, uh, they do drafts on Friday night, and if you're registered for the draft, singles are 20% off. Yeah, I still need to go to that. That seems like such a that's, good deal. That's a good deal. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I, like, <laughs> I, go I, play there. <laughs> well, I was, I was, when I started playing, I started playing at Innistrad. And, um, you know, I'd go down there and I'd do a draft during Dark Ascension, and it was, I mean, I just remember this one night. I passed something, and the kid's like, why would you pass this card? And like, because I'm new drafting, and I really don't pay attention to the draft. And I think it was a cackling counterpart, and I'm like, because it's worth a buck. I, like, I'm getting that underground C in a minute. Like, it's 20% <laughs> off. And everybody's going, oh, my God, Legacy's so expensive. Then the cards go up and up and up. And then I'm watching these guys, like, take Bonfire the Dams and sell them six months later for three bucks. And I'm like, Standard seems expensive. Standard is yeah. very expensive. I have a... I have a paper standard deck, and uh, I gotta. It's like right when spoilers happen, I, I try to find all the best deals, mm-hmm. for, uh, and I try to pick like, okay, I'm gonna play the like these colors for this standard. And I'm kind of committed to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I ended up having to do down in Providence. Like, in order to start putting this deck back together, I actually had to sell off. I had to sell a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I, like, so I sold. Uh, what two Emrakuls? Because I know that's coming in Modern Masters. I had to sell off. Uh, Iona, I'm hoping Iona's going to get reprinted. Um, all the, like, Chalice of the Void, like, just a lot of stuff that I could see getting reprinted in Modern Masters, maybe. Um, it was, yeah, it's an unfortunate part anyway, but the, um, yeah, so I'm going to change the topic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Anyways. So what else about Tinfins? <laughs> but hold on. <laughs> um, so wait, Ben, uh, were you keen enough when you were looking at spoilers this uh, season? Uh, did you get the OG Taz for five dollars? No, I did not. Ah, 
What the hell are you talking about? Sorry, we're talking standard. We're we're now welcome to leaving a leaving a standard. Leaving a standard. <laughs> the OG Taz, the hot new standard card, man. Is that that instant speed thing that like lets you play an extra land this turn? No, it's a dragon, man. It's sweet. It's three colors, <laughs> light blue for a flying five four hex proof as long as it's untapped because it's standard and not legacy and the cards kind of suck. And whenever it deals damage to an opponent. You get to ponder. Not as good as ponder because you don't get to shuffle once again. These cards are in standard. Well, yeah, yeah, not as good as ponder because ponder's one mana. <laughs> Take the point that out. Uh, but anyways, when it was spoiled, it was like a five dollar card, and no one thought it was any good, and now it's like thirty bucks because people played with it and they realized it's standard and it's okay because all the other cards are also terrible. <laughs> they did a good, a good job with it, though. I think it's uh, the format where the most people want to play. So you give them the big creatures, and it's a lot of you know people want to play with big, big splashy creatures. So. Yeah, that's standard true. right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is fun when standards diverse. That's what's always that's literally held me out of standard for the last ten years. Is I've never looked at a standard format and been that looks like a fun format. This is the first time since onslaught block where I've looked at standard. I'm like, I actually want to jump into that. Yeah, I I just like that uh kind of the spells are good in a lot of different style of decks. So you can kind of I'm a, at heart I'm a deck builder. I like to build new decks, and standard gives me an opportunity to kind of mess around with cool ideas and strategies. Yeah, what I love about it is finding the decks that are so good in standard that they have possibility in legacy, because that's where Esper Deathblade uh, came around from, or. Esper Stoneblade, I should actually call that was its original version, was that was a standard deck. And then they were like, oh, this deck is actually so good, we could add Force of Will and Brainstorm to it and just make it into a legacy deck. I don't know if Siege Rhino is going to transition into legacy as, as well as that. Oh, so. <laughs> it, it already has. If you've been looking at some of the Maverick lists, they're running Siege Rhino. Uh, Maverick's so, an interesting deck. I don't know if Siege Rhino is a... Yeah, I know. I was, I was kind of speechless when you mentioned it too last week. <laughs> last week, I brought that up like last month. Well, no, you were t- last week when we were having breakfast with Celso. Oh yeah, but yeah, no. If you look at so the Maverick list, they're running Siege Rhino and Tassiger too. Yeah, Tassiger's another one. Yeah, Tassiger. So sure. I, I I think Standard has its place in that. If you have your finger on the pulse of Standard, it can let you get ahead of the curve with picking out those cards that actually are good enough to get into Legacy. I disagree. Okay, fine. Okay, and I disagree because when when the set was spoiled, uh, and the Death Rate Shaman was, as far as I know, never big in standard. But like when he was spoiled, he was five bucks, and I was picking him up. Yeah, no. Uh, what what I'm saying is there's more overall archetypes. It's not so much the specific cards because I think you are right. When it comes to specific cards, there's definitely a difference between judging a card being good for standard and judging a card being good for legacy. Deathrite Shaman being the prime example, never saw a lick of play in Standard and is all over the place in Legacy. Sure, and Band and Modern. <laughs> and Band and Modern, yeah. yeah. But so, so then what was your point? <laughs> that, well, just you, like, that a Miracles deck just suddenly becomes better when you add Counterbalance and Top to it? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's just you... Being exposed to different formats just shakes the cobwebs off. It's really easy to fall into a rut when you only play one format and you only look at it from one direction. If you are forced to play with cards you wouldn't normally play with, you can realize the card is better than you thought. Same with Limited. 
I'll play a card and limit it, and I'm like, oh, this is actually much better than I thought it was. Let me try it in this, you know, circumstance in a constructed deck and see if it actually works. So I just think there is value in doing cross-format uh, play in order to just broaden your horizon on your gameplay as a whole. Because, like, like we mentioned in Standard, it's more creature-centric, so if all you're doing is slinging spells in Legacy, you're not really focusing on the creatures, you can miss some interactions that are really obvious to Standard players. Hmm. I, yeah, I can get behind that. I think, uh, for me, I, I try to play... I play mostly competitive formats, uh, but I try to build and play decks for all, all formats. And uh, you have to build a lot of different decks. So it keeps you on your toes. Uh, no. Like how, how to build good decks for every format and the ideas behind the decks. So with that, I'm going to ask you, where did you actually pick up the idea for Meltdown? Um, I saw Meltdown in a, the Epic Storm sideboard. Oh, okay. All right. As, uh, I was... I wanted to see what they had figured out was good yep. for the, yeah. their burning wishes. And I figured uh, there there had to be some overlap. Oh, cards yeah. that were good for them and cards that would be good for Tinfins. Yeah. So that's that's where I picked up a Meltdown. I, I, can't, I can't remember whose list had a Meltdown, but I saw someone's did, and I... I really, I really like that one. It's, it's, it's great. Oh my, yeah, meltdowns, meltdowns, awesome. I mean, you know, meltdown was awesome, and uh, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping to see uh, some positive play against like rest in peace by pulling out Reverend Silence. Right. Yeah, I think that's definitely. I didn't, I didn't consider Reverend Silence because I'm not playing the, the forest, but I think, uh, I think I might. I'm kind of inspired to re- to retool and work on the deck a little bit more now. I might. I might go for the some some abrupt decays and a rever- reverend silence now. Um, try. Well, I do have. Uh, I'm actually noticing. I'm I'm sitting here right now with um, with the deck itself, and I just keep taking a look at seven, trying to see. And uh, I think I actually do want to keep one thought season the sideboard. I might end up replacing the besiege you, because it was. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to bother doing like a. Do you <laughs> keep this? And I don't know. I can do check. you do you ever burning wish for a thought seize? Uh, I have. It's not it very is, common though. I could see not playing it. Is it is it the thought seize your opponent or is it the thought seize you to discard Grizzlebrand? Uh, both. I've thought I've uh, wished for thought seize to uh, discard a Grizzlebrand, and mm-hmm. I've wished for thought seize to take a counter spell from my opponent. Yeah, to make sure the coast is clear. Yeah, what I've also done is, um, oh, I've also played Burning Wish Reanimator, where it was kind of the similar build, but it wasn't so much Storm as it was focused on just getting fatties into play. And I kept a uh, careful study in the sideboard too to wish for. Yeah, I think um, careful study might might be a little bit better. It's it's hard because like uh, everything in the deck, like you're playing three colors, but you're trying to do it off like two lands a lot of the time, so it's really awkward. Uh, Trying to, trying to get the, the right number of colored sources. Yeah, I, I, I think I think the challenge with with uh, careful study ends up being the same as the challenge with faithless looting. That a lot of times you get yourself hellbent. And faithless looting, you know, is is good because it works with the LED is good. Yeah, it had the flashback. But when you start doing that, like like for me, when I'd start doing that, I just somewhere in the deck want on burial rights so that I'm not completely hosed. 
Oh, yeah, that was also where I was going when I mentioned Bomberman earlier. I knew I had a point. I wasn't just randomly bringing it up. Is <laughs> because I also wanted to add Oryx Salvagers and Unburial Rights. No, I'd rather, yeah, if I'm going to waste an Unburial Rights, it's definitely going to be on Grizzlebrand. So everybody's doing this, uh, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this on Twitter and on, like, Facebook. Everybody's doing, like, uh, MTG Top 8 or My Top 8 cards and all that stuff. Have you guys been seeing these on Twitter at all? I have seen them. Yeah, I have no idea what it was about, though. <laughs> Like, well, I don't know who started it, well, that or what. Yeah, it's just one of your favorite eight uh, magic cards. And I actually, so the other day I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, I guess it's Grizzlebrand, Through the Breach, Show and Tell, like all these. And then I, th- <laughs> then I thought about it last night, and I'm like, you know what? And like, on one of the Facebook groups, I put it up, I'm like, my top eight cards are Grizzlebrand, the first card he draws me, the second card he draws me, the third <laughs> card he draws me. <laughs> I thought about it too. Grizzlebrand is by far my favorite card in magic. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, out of curiosity, Ben, how old are you? Uh, twenty-four. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. You guys are both kids. What are you, Jerry? Twenty-six. Twenty-six. Oh, wow, I did nail that one right. Look at that. I'm thirty-eight, so I'm old. Um, but the uh, so when I was playing years ago, my like my favorite card was Lord of the Pit, and like now Grizzlebrand's just far superior. I remember distinctly when R- Grizzlebrand was spoiled. I was playing Reanimator at the time. Oh, you were hip before it was hip to be hip? I was hip before it was... <laughs> I was running Jenga Taxis. I remember thinking, I'm like, hey, is Grizzlebrand good enough for a reanimator? Because it honestly wasn't that obvious when Grizzlebrand was... <laughs> because I you're pay, like, but I gotta pay seven life? No, not even that. It's like, I have to pay eight to reanimate him, and then seven to draw seven? It's like, what am I even drawing that's gonna be that good? <laughs> and then... Reed Duke immediately spiked the SCG with uh, Reanimator running for Grizzlebrand, and everyone came, oh yeah, it doesn't matter how much life you pay because it's Grizzlebrand. <laughs> My favorite part about Grizzlebrand is like, it's like playing with Yawgmoth's bargain, but you don't have to do it one at a time. He just lets you do it seven all up front. That's why I like it better. <laughs> Save time. Save yeah. time. Did you have, oh my god, I don't know if you ever did this, I caught somebody with this one time. I, I think it was in a sneak and show mirror and the guy activated Grizzlebrand and I stifled it. Uh-huh. Seven damage for one blue is really good. Yeah. I've had that happen before, <laughs> you just gotta take it and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, well the thing was, I think he missed it cause he could have just drawn another seven and force a wield my stifle. It was, was kind of awkward. But. A lot of people don't think about that too. It's it's such a gut blow that your your brain shuts down, <laughs> it catches you off guard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what scares me though is that they're always making better creatures. What happens on the day that they make a card better than Grizzlebrand? Because I animate that and that becomes my top eight. <laughs> <laughs> the new one. All right, easy question, easy question. <laughs> I mean, I will, I will say, like, it's, it's really a toss-up between Emrakul and Grizzlebrand. The two of them, this deck is just, it's so much fun because it plays the so, the, like, both of them so efficiently. You can get them both out for four mana. Like that seems with haste. When even four mana, you can do it with shallow three grave. Mana. Yeah, shallow grave and Gorio's Vengeance. Okay, yeah, okay, but you can't not with haste. Oh, yeah. Mana. yeah. Well, I don't know why you're paying four mana for Shallow Grave. I don't know how many Thalias your opponent has in play. <laughs> no, but I have to Shallow Grave twice. Oh, oh, did I... You sl- did you go to sleep, Jerry? Did you take no, a nap? No, you're just you're not <laughs> speaking English right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've actually been uh, pretty big on Omniscience recently. Yes. Well, That's... speaking of that, did you see the SCG? Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. It- SCG at Providence. There was th- we haven't seen Omnitel in forever, and then three of them top eight. Yeah, did you, did you, Jerry, did you take a look at GP uh, Kyoto? 
Yeah. It's like, uh, was it Kyoto too? Oh, th- this time. Oh yeah, I, I actually now I just I blacked out that I looked at GP Kyoto. Yes, there was tons in there. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's why everyone played it at uh, this SCG event. But before yeah, 200 Kyoto, people in Kyoto, I think 39 day two with Omnitel. Yeah. Very, very good results for that deck. Yeah. Yeah, but no, before that, there wasn't too many Omnitel uh, lists in the top eights for a while. Actually, let me see. I'll let you guys talk. I'll see if I can find the last time Omnitel top eighted. All right. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Ben, you started mentioning Omnitel or Omniscience, and I. So I used to play the blue and red sorcery speed version of it, and I found that I was weak to Rishadon port, and right. um, and then I started playing Shardless Bug, and I love Shardless Bug. And I like Shardless Agent a lot too. That guy's awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, like, and, and Shardless Bug was a lot of fun. Um, the weak thing I ended up finding with Shardless Bug for me was that I ended up. It seemed like every week I was facing burn, like every round. It, it was you know I'd crack a fetch, thought seize, and I'm looking at like price of progress, lightning bolt, rift bolt, and I'm okay. holding force of will, going this is terrible. And like that's when I started going harder on Tinfins because like if I'm going to be play, facing burn, I'm just going to play lifelink. And, you know, if I exhume Grizzlebrand, a burn deck has nothing to do about it. And, like, I'm not really, I don't face burn that frequently, but I just found Tinfins was so much fun. Um, especially now, and looking at your list with the Wishboard, it reminds me of the Omni Show build that I was playing before. But the weakness that I've been finding to Tinfins has been, like, and mainly Grafdigger's Cage, because it's such a good sideboard card against most decks anyway. Um, and what I've been wanting to do is do a blue-black Omni Show deck, that uses, uh, you know, Thoughtseize, Cabal Therapy, Gitaxian Probe, a lot of the similar elements that Tinfins has. Uh, also being able to try to access Demir Charm maybe against Miracles decks if I wanted to, just to put the card on top that I want. Um, and Limduel's Vault, Grizzlebrand, and Omniscience. But, and, and splashing white just enough so that, so the weakness in Show and Tell that I found for myself anyway, is that when I play show and tell, first I have to fight the counter spell war, but then I have to fight what you put into play also. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. And the downside to like doing, uh, tin fins of reanimators is that I have to fight the graveyard hate. And it's usually like Grafdigger's Cage, not so often Leyline of the Void, but what I've been wanting to do is to entomb Omniscience and then replenish it. Because, because Deathrite Shaman can't get Omniscience out of the graveyard. Uh, replenish at the time it was like there was so much red elemental blast because of treasure cruise right right that it just seemed like uh replenish being one sided as a way to get omniscience into play seemed like something that I wanted to try and I, and I've still been like flirting with the idea in the back of my head I just I, I really haven't been able to get off tin fins like I mean in the end, so originally when we, once you oh. once he's grizzlebrand it's hard to I don't oh. have to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, yeah, turn one. I, I played against this, uh, you know, one of the guys around here was trying to get into Legacy, and I, I like Merfolk as a way to get into Legacy because you end up with Force of Wills and, and um, Wastelands. You have a deck that can port back into Modern. Um, it's just, it has versatility as a deck to play, but it also has the cards that you invest in heavily end up being playable in other decks anyway. And, uh, but, he, you know, he was putting together Merfolk, and I was, and I had Tinfins together, and he played against it. And then we swapped, and he tried Tinfins, and he comboed out fast, and he's like, wow, why would you play anything else? <laughs> like, that's my challenge. Like, okay. the, the intro, so the intro to this podcast used to have me, uh, there was one time me and Jerry were talking, and I said something about, oh, I think Tinfins is just crack, because I can't put it down. <laughs> every, every, so time, 
Uh, every time I try, I end up right back at it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to play it anymore because I'm losing to like whatever deck. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I just want Crystal Brand. <laughs> like, but not to interject. Re- I like the replenish idea. I think that's uh, I think that's an interesting card. Uh, yeah, I want to give it a shot because it gets around the Grafdigger's Cage. I can still replenish Omniscience and then land Grizzlebrand afterwards. And I like because in that deck you play uh, play the Soul Lands, like lands the for two, and you can mm-hmm. play Basaju too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. So, not to interrupt, but the Omnitel, as far as showings, uh, the last time Omnitel top-aided at an SCG uh, before this event was... On January 25th, and it had one placement then, and then before that, the last, the last time it top aided at an SCG was back in November. This is a okay. great, uh, big breakout week for Omnitel. Yeah. So, it, it definitely feels like Omnitel is one of those decks that just rears its ugly head, kind of like Dredge, and then people start hating it out, and then people forget about it, and then it rears its ugly head again. Pretty good against the Miracles decks because uh, you get the Vesaju and three mana is kind of hard for a uh, counterbalance to counter. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's weird as far as like the comparison between Omnitel and Sneak and Show. Like, I, the, I just feel that Omnitel just has so many good, uh, has such a good matchup against Miracles because it just blanks so many Miracles cards. Swords of Plowshare is dead. Terminus is dead. Uh, Jace doesn't get to use his bounce ability like he does against the show and tell decks. It just, it, it was, it's able to get around a lot of Miracles hate, where Miracles leans really, really heavily on their counter magic. Hmm. And if the Miracles decks are tuned to beat Delver, they're gonna have more removal spells than, uh, actual uh, you know, counter magic because they need to be able to get rid of those delvers. Hmm. I wonder if miracles would ever bother playing Arcane Laboratory. And like, I know I've used it against Omni Show. It, um, it's a, a blue and two colorless enchantment. Each player mm-hmm. can only cast one spell per turn. Yeah, there's also uh, there's like a creature that does the same thing for two. Yeah, yeah, eat this one, Canis, but it's 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 weak to creature removal. Like, no. still, like I still I will still massacre and get rid of the eat this one, Canis, and then ten pins out. No, there's I thought there was another one besides eat this one, Canis. I thought there was a blue one. Maybe I'm making that up. But I I've also thought about that too. But I just feel um, the laboratory is just a little too expensive because by the time you're playing it, your opponent has probably already comboed out. Well, no, they usually, that's when they put in omniscience. Like, you put, I put Arcane Laboratory in off the show until. Yeah, I guess you could do it that way. I didn't, I didn't really think about that. If it's in your hand, you can just put it in off the show until. Yeah, cause they're gonna try to, like, enter the infinite as sorcery speed. They can't do that on my turn. I just have that, I, I have a chance to either, I've either held them back long enough where I'm probably just looking for the kill turn anyway. Well, you know, it's, it's just, it's not, it's, alright, so I guess, Maybe what I should say is that Arcane Laboratory is not the best answer to Omni Show. <laughs> it is just something that I've done because I don't have in the Eye of Chaos. You ever is see that, that? Is that? Isn't that the common, the common sorcery that's boomerang? In the Eye of Chaos? Uh, no, that's Journey it? to Nowhere. Yeah, that's Journey uh, to Nowhere. Uh, okay, Although, go on. Hmm. 
I'm making no. stuff up. What's uh, what's uh, in the, in eye, the of eye of chaos? chaos? It's a it's it's a card out of Legends that says any instant or sorcery spell that's cast is countered unless its controller pays X or X is equal to its mana cost. Oh, isn't that from like Legends or something like that? Yeah, that's what I just said. <laughs> oh. <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I did not hear you say it was from Legends. Yeah, Jerry, it's from Legends. <laughs> Yeah, Maybe I just thought you said it was so legendary. That, that's exactly what it was. Uh, MTG in, let's see here. Um, oh boy. I want to make sure that, cause I'm not actually even sure that I got the wording right. It might not even be instant copy. Let's do this. I'm going to put this in the chat. I think I own one of those too. No, you're full of shit. No, I, I honestly do think I do because there's a bunch of those sweet, uh, legends blue enchantments that are really cool like that. All right, so it doesn't count as sorceries. But yeah, it's in the chat if you actually take a look. Oh, so you can show and tell all day long. Yes, you can show and tell, and I suppose you could enter the infinite. You just can't, like, brainstorm, ponder, dig through time. Most of the, uh... Most of the, uh, Omnijacks don't play, uh, enter the infinite anymore. They just play four, dig through time. I, I noticed that, isn't it? The infinite. Doesn't it make it so much harder for them? I think the idea no. is that, uh... You, you see so many cards off your dig through times, and they're good. Emercole or and after in comboing, that doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, Emer- yeah. Emercole only has to be on the top of the deck. He doesn't have to be the only card in the deck. Right, and I guess you could always just, you know, you plan on having a brainstorm, so you can just put them on top. So, okay, I, I didn't really think about the uh, dig through times being so efficient that you don't even need the enter the infinite because well, no, they still like the, the list I'm looking at right now, which was. Uh, uh, okay, yeah, that was in Providence. It was one enter the infinite in the main board? I usually end it. I usually see one enter the infinite in the main board in a place out of dig through times to get to it. Yeah, but I can definitely see why they just cut it entirely because that was actually why I stopped playing Omni Show. The last time I played Omni Show, dig through time hadn't been printed yet, and I didn't like that there were so many dead draws in the deck. If you yeah, because yeah, the the first the enter the infinite in your hand before you're able to resolve a show until is useless. Right, it's a blank. That's really bad. It's like you're lucky if you can discard it to force a will. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, it's the same with the other three copies of Omniscience. Like, I've thought about doing it with um, using white, again, where I can enlighten tutor. But it's just, I'm not, I'm not convinced on how I want to put that Esper combo deck together. But Enter the Infinite, um, I think when I was even doing the blue-red sorcery speed, I kept one into the infinite in the sideboard, and all the Burning Wishes main deck anyway, so I could Burning Wish for the other show-and-tell, like a Burning Wish, you know, the Burning Wish ended up enabling the combo and, and comboing out, which is what I like about this Tinfin's build, is that the Burning Wish with Exum in the sideboard and Reanimate sets it up nicely. I would actually really like them to come out with another cycle of Wishes. I think the Wish mechanic is so cool, because it's so unique, like, not very many cards in Magic, let you pull from outside of the game. Um, so that's because it's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not fair. <laughs> uh, I liked uh, originally when it was printed when you can pull it from anywhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me go over to the dealer's booth and see what I what I need to buy in order to get this. <laughs> can't we just make Booster Tutor legal? Yeah, let's get Booster Tutor. <laughs> I think Booster Tutor would be a completely fair terminant card. <laughs> the other thing I've actually thought about... Um, and what's your, what's your take on this, Ben? Uh, I've been thinking about doing this a little bit anyway. Kind of against surgical extraction, as a hedge against surgical extraction, as recurrence against counter spells, is to start playing Noxious Revival 
because it also lets me have access to green, like with the Chromox and everything, to have other access for Abrupt Decay. Like Noxious Revival, maybe um, maybe Worldly Tutor, depending if I'm really trying to get that creature up, or uh, Time of Time of Need is one I actually like too, when I was doing the, the yeah. Omni Show deck. I have a soft spot in my heart for Time of Need. Yeah, I haven't thought about Time of Need in this, but um, I think Noxious Revival is an interesting card because it can do a lot of things. Where if you know they counter your Shallow Grave, you get you just get the Shallow Grave back again, and you do it over. Mm-hmm. It's hard I, I because think... uh, you want things to be good before and after comboing. Right. Noxious Noxious Revival. I think if you were playing Limthol's Vault, maybe uh, it would be better because you could you could just uh, cycle through your deck. And, and find it, and then do what you wanted with it. I've thought about it as like, oh, like in a sense, almost as a way to shorten up the match against Bug Delver. Whether like they thought, see, okay, you can either take my Shallow Grave and my Noxious Revival, which is going to get me the Shallow Grave back. The problem with Bug Delver, though, is they're if they're smart, they're just going to eat it in response with the Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, but the thing is, like, th- there's a lot of times where Bug Delver lands a Deathrite Shaman, but I kill him before he's able to activate. Well, yeah, but that's because if you don't, you lose. If that Deathrite Shaman becomes active, you're you're pretty much out of luck. It's very, very difficult for uh, Tinfins to beat Bug Delver against an active Deathrite Shaman. Not with, but it's not not with Burning Wish and, sh- and Show and Tell on the sideboard. It, it showed that up. It showed that up a lot. It really did. Well, the problem is, is with that, they're also running the discard and the counter spells, so. You don't have enough mana. You don't have access to five mana where you can Burning Wish and Show and Tell on the same turn. So typically, you're going to Burning Wish past the turn. If they have a Thought Seize, you're screwed. It is really difficult the the bug matchup. Yeah. They have the counter magic that discard and the main deck. Uh, Great pick. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, it's yeah, but it's not it's not impossible. It's actually, and it's not so much Bug Delver, but like. What was I playing? Somebody, somebody down in Florida was doing um, like a Maverick deck, and then they went to they pulled out. They went turn one Deathrite Shaman, but they did it off of uh, I think a Savannah. So I was able to Burning Wish for Massacre. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> That's how he drew it up. It was awesome. Uh, speaking of Massacre, I wish I still had that in my sideboard. Yeah, I, that card's awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't think... it's free. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd... Massacre Meltdown and Reverend Silence. Like, I'm going with it. I don't know what I was thinking, but it just stopped being useful for me, so I cut it, and then, of course, the first deck I play in the tournament is Death and Taxes. Yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah, but you were doing Bug Delver, right? Yeah, I was doing Bug Delver. Um, it, it, it doesn't Massacre screw you up? Massacre's, mass, Massacre's got to mess you up, though, too, though. Um, not really, because... Like, they have a plan, they have a planes, but your creatures get minus two, minus two also? The thing is, is you use Massacre for the things you can't kill. So I play Bug Delver as my primary deck right now, and frickin' Mirren Crusader wrecked me. I had my opponent on one life, I had a Deathrite Shaman in play, and two Tarmogoyfs, and he goes, uh, Phyrexian Revoker naming Deathrite Shaman, Mirren Crusader and proceeds to beat me. <laughs> I'm on 18 life. He's on, like, one... Maybe it was two life. And then he proceeds to kill me because I can't kill the stupid Mirren Crusader and the Phyrexian Revoker prevented me from being able to activate Deathrite Shaman for the win. Yeah. So that's where I would have loved for a massacre because then my Tarmogoyce would have lived. 
I gotta we thought about uh, playing Dread of Night. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That's a really good one against Death and Taxes. Yeah, I was actually using that in Tin Fins for a little bit. Doesn't it only give a minus one, minus one, though? Yeah, yeah but, but most of their guys are... Just, there goes Mother of Runes, there goes Flicker Wisp, there goes Thalia. Yeah, I guess for most decks, yeah, you're right. Uh, that would be better for me, though. I just need to kill that Phyrexian Crusader. It's actually... And, you know, I didn't... Uh, his little story, Ben, because you're not aware of this, but uh, one of the guys one of the guys has been playing a deck that's using Monastery Mentors and then cycling Sensei's Divining Tops, so he's making these 1-1... One, one right, and you just can kill all of them. <laughs> Well, and the thing was, is like I didn't realize it till after he beat me. I had I had Dreaded Knight in the sideboard for Death and Taxes. I didn't think about it. Cause he, <laughs> like one of the games, he killed me with Elspeth making tokens, and then I looked at my sideboard. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it! Like I had Dreaded Knight sitting right here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dreaded Knight's a very good card. I think that's a that's a good one for all the combo deck players to think about. I got to know about fair decks, but yeah, I mean, so cheap. I like and and part of me for a little while was debating whether I wanted to play Dreaded Knight. Because um, it's great against death and taxes. Or if I wanted to start using, um, oh, what the hell is it? Illness in the ranks, because there was so much young pyromancer. Yeah, it's they're both they're both really good, but they do different things. Yeah, the other one that was kind of cute was Caltrops, <laughs> which is like a... right. That's a good one too. <laughs> whenever, whenever a creature attacks, Caltrops deals one damage to that creature. Yeah, which like, yeah, and I thought about doing that with humility at one point with a different deck, but. Oh, that would be mean. <laughs> well, no, they, not against that nauseam tendrils. They're not going to care about that. Like, it's just somebody who's playing Tarmogoyves and Delvers and Deathrite Shamans that would actually give a crap. Right, right. <laughs> Play that in a, like a prison style deck. But you know what, Jerry? I got to tell you, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you got hosed out by death and taxes the way you did. Uh, it happens every time. Every well, time I'm looking at my sideboard before the tournament, and I'm like, I'm probably not going to run into this deck. I'm going to cut this card from my sideboard, and then it's the first deck I run into of the entire tournament. I just, I just, I'm just saying it, it makes me glad because you're playing Bug Delver, and that's my worst matchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't have to face them later, so. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I sadly went 0-2 drop out of SCG Providence. Wow, and you still did better than me. Uh, yeah. No, let's let's jump on the pity wagon. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, I just I have I have like I, anybody that's like, oh my god, I went 0-2 drop. I'm like, yeah, I wish I went 0-2 drop. Oh. <laughs> it's it's not about man. it's not about pity. It's just I don't have sympathy. You went 0-2 drop. You know, I had sympathy for you about an hour ago, but now you're laying it on pretty thick. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I versus Death and Taxes first, lost in game three with my opponent on one or two life. And then round two, I lost to Zombardment. Oh, but it wasn't Aura, was it? It no. wasn't Aura. I was shocked. I was playing Aura's doppelganger playing Zombardment, and that was another one that went to game three, and he was on three life when he beat me on game three. So, yep, cool. lost the races. It was cool, though. I got to meet him and play with him. Yeah, yeah, I, you guys got to meet in person, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, no, I, I still get to I still get to play a bit. I, so, one of the other... yeah, Ben, there's a little... There's another combo deck that I play that's not anywhere near good, <laughs> but it's a hell of a <laughs> lot of fun. It's like, it's land tax with scroll rack for, like, draw engine. But it finishes old school, with, old school stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it, it finishes with uh, Painter Servant Grindstone. Okay. And it lands the Painter Servant and names red instead of blue. So it's got like main deck circular protection red, which okay. is like, it's cute against burn decks, but it's also play absolute loss. The creatures get pro red. 
So right, right. <laughs> so you can't abrupt decay the pain of servant, and now I could just use the circle of protection, and I can circle of protect a batter skull equipped true name nemesis forever. That's pretty cool. I like well, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of funky. It actually it combos well, out fast, but it's it's weak to any combo deck that's looking for force will. You still can't uh, circle of protection on true name nemesis though. Yes, you can. Why? Because circle of protection doesn't target. Wait, what? Oh man! Really? <laughs> Jerry's new at this game. <laughs> well, no, I just haven't played a circle of protection since I started using sleeves on my decks. <laughs> uh, let me look this stuff up right now. Yeah, you can actually circle of protection blue against a true name. Well, actually, you know what? I think CJ's online. We could probably even. Have him. <laughs> uh, let me let me see for let, a second. Let me get, let me get this oracle text. Oh wow! The next time a red source of your <laughs> wow, oh rules lawyer for the win. You know it's really cute, Jerry. You can actually like, and I almost did this to somebody. Uh, who was I playing? I was playing somebody with my land tax deck, and they had merit liege out. And I'm like, then, <laughs> I'm like, next turn I'm landing a circle of protection. It doesn't matter, but it it didn't get to next turn. Uh. It was it was cute. Like you can. Yeah, Circle of Protection is really good with a painter servant. Oh wow! I actually <laughs> put together the, uh, the what they call the Strawberry Shortcake, which is the red white painter servant deck. Yeah. And just because I I'm re- recently in- obsessed with uh, Enlightened Tutor pa- packages, I just love that you can get uh, Blood Moons and Painter Servant combo, and now Circle of Protection Red. Now that I realize just how <laughs> freaking good that is. <laughs> I've actually uh, been looking at the painter deck recently. I like uh, Imperial Recruiter a lot. Yeah, I do too, but I also what, don't. <laughs> right. What's he go for online? He might be like 20 bucks. So. Uh, let's take a look. Yeah, a lot more reasonable. Right, actually, yeah. That must be strong. Yeah, that must be a really strong deck online because Wasteland's are extremely expensive, right? Don't people play more greedy mana bases online? Yeah, I've noticed that. Um, well, I also just feel Miracles is the most popular deck online. Yeah, Miracles is the most popular um, the Wastelands are expensive, but a lot of the people who play Legacy are pretty invested in it. So, the price of the Wastelands, people who play it, they don't mind how much the cards cost, but the people who want to get in, you know. I think uh, once Wasteland gets reprinted, you'll see a lot more people coming in. Yeah, I noticed a bunch of people, I mean, myself, you know, as an example, a lot of people got in with Vintage Masters because Dual Lands were like 50, 60 bucks, which is just a little bit too much people were willing to spend on a digital product. But then once they went down to like twelve bucks, you're like, okay, I can I can afford this. And yeah, I, I had a I had a bunch of legacy cards before that, and um, online. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, though, it was nice because there's a, you saw a lot more players coming in. You know, the yeah. reprint of Lines on Diamond was a big one too. Yeah, I actually got in before Vintage Masters. I just didn't play that often because Death and Taxes is a pre-constructed deck online. You can buy a Death and Taxes precon deck that comes with like two Stoneforge Mystics, three Caracas. Um, it doesn't have the Batter Skull in it, but it has a bunch of the other stuff you need, and it's like seventy-five percent of the Death and Taxes deck if you don't count the Wastelands and the Rashad Imports. And uh, the Rashad Imports, yeah, that's the big one on Magic Online is Rashad Import. I think that's yeah, that's still like one hundred and twenty bucks, but I mean, not too many decks run Rashad Import. <laughs> Only a couple. Of, I think it's a mirror. It's uh, Death and Taxes and Lands are the only cards. Yeah, pretty much. Also, I just checked. Imperial Recruiter is twelve dollars and eighty-two cents online. Not bad. I, yeah. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna make a new deck with that. I yeah, 
I really do too. I was thinking about putting it in, together in paper, but I'm looking at the overall deck, and it's actually really cheap to put together online. Yeah, I think someone mentioned that on the Facebook group not too long ago. Uh, a lot of budget options if uh, we want to play Legacy on Magic online. Yeah, appreciate. Definitely recommend it if you're thinking about getting into Legacy, but you're afraid of having a uh, play group in your area and also concerned about costs. Definitely jump in on uh, Modo. So let's see who said this. Who said what? Ah, there it is. Uh, Matty Palola. I hope I'm not mispronouncing that. But yeah, he did it about uh, the Strawberry Shortcake Painter Servant deck is about $400 online. And that's if you own absolutely zero cards. Which is uh, pretty cheap when it comes to Legacy. Yeah, I, don't, I just, uh, I don't know. There's something with interacting with people in person I really get a kick out of. Yeah. Sometimes I don't want to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, that's the biggest part of why I stream is that Magic Online, you lose, uh, you lose some of the interaction you have playing the game. So, uh, yeah. it helps when there's people watching you have a chat and kind of, Bring that back. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I can see it bring the social part back. I, I mean, there's a couple of times where I've, like, a lot of times, if I'm watching, like, SCG stream, um, I just wish I was playing. But, like, there's, there's times where I've watched somebody on Twitch and it's actually been, it's been pretty cool. And, and I think it is part of that chat. I actually hadn't thought about that part. That's a good point. See, that's what you gotta do, Adrian. You just gotta start streaming. Get into Magic Online and stream. Man, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, you, you, you don't Adrian, know. Adrian, a plateau? Guess how much a plateau is online. Uh, how much, Jerry? You can probably afford it with the change in your pocket. <laughs> you can get a plateau for a dollar eighty-five. Yeah, you don't really. Uh, <laughs> you're single, right, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> Why? You don't. You don't. You don't want some plateaus, Adrian? Let me tell you, if I start doing magic online, I am too. Okay? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm I'm lucky I'm casting, man. <laughs> I, I still got to try to find time to edit. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so so what? Anything else? We got click. There was nothing else spoiled for. Uh, Modern Masters, SCG Worcester's coming up. Um, SCG Providence went by. Is there any other sort of? There's nothing else going on, is there? Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like Legacy season came and passed pretty quickly. All the big no, no, no. Legacy season didn't come and pass. <laughs> uh, well, you're saying yourself. There's no other big events coming down the pipeline. What are you talking about? There's SCG Worcester in a month. Oh, yeah, but that's, like, the last one. That's the last hurrah. The last hurrah. All right, I don't see... So, how... All right, Ben, how often do you play Legacy? I play online a bunch, but... Uh, yeah. You know, but in paper, I only get to play maybe two or three times a year. Well, we'll count online. But, like, what do you get... Like, how often do you play online? You play, like, once a week, twice a week? Um, I play, like, almost every day, honestly. All right, so yeah. look at that. See, so Ben plays every day, Jerry. 
Uh, how about you? Uh, I play Legacy pretty much every day online as well, but when right. I'm talking about Legacy Season, I'm talking about 200-person events and up. Well, let me tell you, like, I'm not really interested in what the other 199 people are doing, man. <laughs> like, I just want to play. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, it's it's cool. There's going to be a two-day event in Worcester and everything. I'm I'm looking forward to going to play Sunday. Of course, there's always Sunday, Adrian. There's well, that- except for the last Sunday of the month when it's modern. Of course. <laughs> then, there's, then there's Sunday at Ice Imports or something. Like, are you going Sunday? I'm going to go Sunday. Yeah, of course. Do me a favor. Yes. Well, not 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 do me a favor. All right, we're going to go into like so, Ben. We do this thing. Um, all right. So a while ago, I don't know. We don't really like to go into shoutouts, <laughs> but we do this thing called a scoop in the top eight, is is and uh, which I guess is similar. It's just what we call it. Is it? It's basically shoutouts, but we're hipsters, so we call it scoop in the top eight. All right, <laughs> sure, something like that. I don't know. I thought hipster. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Adrian, I'll explain what a hipster is after the cast. <laughs> no, I, I think I, I no. I think it's the guy that was playing Grizzlebrand because it was hip before to play Grizzlebrand before it was hip to play Grizzlebrand, right, buddy? Oh, you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just no, want to say I'm I was just... I was playing Tinfins before the name Tinfins came about. <laughs> no, because no, Tinfins never actually played. Uh, what was it? Grave Titan. I played. I played. Yeah, when I first put together the deck, I had Grave Titan because when you had to uh, sack it to uh, what is it, Shallow Grave or Goyro's Vengeance? Mm-hmm. What the? Uh, oh no, no, no! What it was is I was Shallow Graving, uh, Worm Coil Engine, and Grave Titan, and then Cabal Therapying it away. Yeah, that's really not ten fins though. Uh, <laughs> uh, I also had Grizzlebrand and Storm Factor. It's just I was also using. Yeah, you know who else had Grizzlebrand? Reanimator had Grizzlebrand. Yeah, that's where <laughs> that's I got it from. Z- that's what I got it either. from. All right. Uh, I have witnesses. I will bring witnesses on next witnesses. week. <laughs> they will say that I was playing ten fins before ten fins was a thing. <laughs> oh my god! It was actually black red ten fins. They didn't even run blue. <laughs> Enough about me, though. <laughs> what do you think about me? <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, so we do this thing called Scoop in the Top 8. <laughs> uh, ben, is there anybody that you'd like to uh, pay homage to? Anybody that you uh, want to scoop in the Top 8? Um, well, I want to first thank my friend John, John Mathias. He's the first. He's the person actually uh, got me into playing Tin Fins. That's uh, my favorite deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's the one that actually got Grizzle Brands on Magic Online. They're actually pretty expensive. So yeah, how much are they online? Like fifty something dollars. Oh, are they fifty seven? Oh, geez, yeah. I'm actually playing combo online. <laughs> so they're they're a little expensive. So he's the one that originally uh, helped me get Grizzle Brands so I could play. So I wouldn't be here talking about the deck if he didn't help me out. So mm. I want to thank uh, my friend Derek Madlam and I. Uh, he lets me borrow cards for any legacy event that I want to play. He lets me borrow all the expensive stuff that I don't have. So I wouldn't be able to play in paper without him. So two good friends of mine. Good, nice. Uh, anybody else? Anybody want to? Uh, what, I want to thank you guys for uh, having me on the podcast today. Aw, you make it a flush. No, I'm glad you actually like hit me up on Twitter and wanted to discuss the deck because uh, I'm. I'm I'm always yeah I've, I've been I've been a huge fan of Ten Fence for a while. Like I said, I think my favorite uh, you know my favorite build was um, Logan Crean's his uh, 
his top eight list. Actually, you know what? For the hell of it, I should probably do this anyway. Um, he. Oh, geez, here's like 30 seconds of edited time while I'm like <laughs> checking this out right now. Uh, I, oh, you know what? <laughs> I'd be surprised if it's not actually in my history. Oh, yeah, look at that right there. <laughs> uh, I, if, you, if you actually look on the source, his, um, I think he put up a video of his coverage where he just turned one somebody two games in a row, and the second game, the second game he did it by starting with silence. <laughs> it was just it's uh but it's it, his build is a little bit older but it's uh it was one of my favorites it was one of my favorites but I did want to start trying it with the burning wish so coming across the list um Romario was playing I really liked which apparently was your list and it does remind me of the blue red sorcery speed omni show the only difference was that that omni show deck was a little bit weaker to Rishidon port and being to trigger off instant speed combo this this deck is uh Certainly showed that up, um, but anyway, what else? What is what Adrian's it? trying to say is that uh, he's glad you came on because he was running out of reasons to bring up tin fins on the podcast, and that's an enabler now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were a great enabler for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see how much hate mail we get over that shit. <laughs> no, there was uh, not that it was hate mail. No, so I'm actually. Uh, Anyway, what about you, Jerry? Anybody want to scoop in a top eight? Uh, well, of course I want to scoop Ben in. Thanks for coming on. You know, definitely appreciate you coming on and uh, taking the time to talk about Legacy with us. Always good to have uh, friends in the wheelhouse. Um, Great. And a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, second is more a literal and figurative top eight. Uh, I just wanted to say congratulations to all the That's Entertainment players uh, who top eighted and top 16 at uh, SCG Providence. Um, there's a lot on here, and I'm almost hesitant to read people's names off because I'm going to forget someone and offend that person terribly. <laughs> um, so I'll stick. I'll stick to the to just the ones I wanted to shout out was uh, Dan Hall. Uh, he actually hit me up the night before the event, saying he wanted to b- borrow Show Intels and uh, Overmasters, and I'm like, hmm, you're playing something interesting this week. <laughs> uh, and then also, I wanted to shout Aaron out. Uh, he's one of the good people on the Facebook group, and he has a sweet 12-post list. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, definitely take a look at it. It's a uh, a green, uh, a green-white, primarily green uh, 12-post list running, you know, Oracle of Moldiah and uh, Ugin's, running two Ugin's, which I watched a couple of his games at SCG Providence, and it looked like a super fun deck. Yeah, so here's a little... Did you see what happened in Top 8? No, I didn't get to watch any of the videos. He got into this awkward, like, uh, I can't remember if it was game one or game two. These guys were talking about it. I I missed it, but he was facing a Blood Moon. Uh, he was playing against Sneak and Show, and the guy had Blood Moon down. Um, and, like, Aaron had gotten Primeval Titan out and managed to get up enough mana where he top-decked Ulamog and cast Ulamog to blow up the Blood Moon. Oh, man, hard-casting Ulamog. <laughs> Just hard-casting. Oh, man. Like... It, it was, uh, yeah, it was intense, but yeah, he made it up to, like, fifth place, I think? I think Yeah, Dan, Dan and Aaron are uh, both fifth and sixth right there. Yep, and then I, I, I'm guessing uh, Brad probably made ninth with Miracles. Yep, shout out to Brad, also Nicholas Malatesta, and then there's probably another person somewhere in the list that I'm forgetting about, and thanks, thanks, Adrian, for including those other two, so that that fifth person is going to yell at me come Sunday. <laughs> well, 
guy who's the fifth person. I'm looking at all 16. No, I don't recognize anyone either, but there probably is a fifth person that I'm forgetting. Well, then they should show up at tea more often. <laughs> you should get in my mind more often so I can pick your name out of a lineup. <laughs> or or maybe Jerry should show up at tea more often. Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, it's anyway. summer. It's summer. I can get to tea. There won't be blizzards and parades and things, meteors falling out of the sky preventing me from playing Legacy anymore. Yeah. Um, and then, so, and then, all right, scoop in the top eight. Jerry, if you if you get a chance, um, we were talking about this guy that's from your town before. Ian? Yes. I still haven't met him, despite the fact that he lives within a four-square-mile radius of me somewhere. Yeah, he was at Providence, and he was wondering if you were there. And you had already, like, O2 drop, I'm going to Dave & Buster's. Yeah, we never made it to Dave & Buster's because we were distracted by fire and ice on the way. Fire and ice? <laughs> yeah. It's, what is... It, uh, well, all right, tangent. Fire and ice is a all-you-can-eat buffet. But, <laughs> but wait, wait. All the food is raw. So it's an all-you-can-eat buffet where all the food is raw. You make a plate. And then you walk over to a chef, and kind of like a hibachi grill, the chef cooks it in front of you. That's what a fire and ice is. So we never actually made it to Dave and Buster's. Okay. All right. Wow. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, tangent. Tangent. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, see if you meet up with that guy Ian and see if you bring him down to tea. Uh, yeah. I, I ended up being able to play Lantax with him, and uh, he's... Uh, yeah, he's a really cool fucking guy. Um, it was really cool talking with him anyway. And uh, James Keenan also. And also, I want to scoop in a top eight. This was this was uh, this was really cool. I got I got hit up earlier from Heavy Meta Midget. Oh, celebrity status. <laughs> well, um, and and he offered me a he. he uh, he hit me up and direct messaged me on a couple of things. I'm going to give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to scoop him in the top eight, too. Um, so, yeah, Ian, Keenan, and Heavy Meta Midget. And then Celso started doing something that I actually kind of thought was cool, was, like, Dream Crush. And I'm going to... Dream, <laughs> Dream Crush, whoever the fuck bag was that fucking stole my deck. Okay, I'll um, that, yeah. Dream Crush, whoever stole Adrian's Tinfin's deck. And then, out of, out of curiosity... Uh, well, no, I guess I asked you, already asked you, Ben, on uh, the coolest story gameplay you had. Is there anyone you'd like to dream crush, Ben? <laughs> Do you have a nemesis? Um, I don't really think I have a nemesis, but uh, at SCG States, I was I was in a top four for modern, and uh, my Tron opponent absolutely decimated me. So, yeah, I guess I guess he would be my nemesis. <laughs> dream <laughs> was, crush. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to play against Red Green Tron ever again. So that's yeah. that's about it. <laughs> you know what? All right, I, I tie off off. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, so I actually played against a Red Green Tron opponent one day, and I was doing Gorio's Vengeance, and it's the I think it's the first time anybody ever saw Children of Corliss in Modern. Oh, very they, cool. Oh, they panicked. <laughs> they, they, they had no idea what was going on. Are you some like crazy version of Soul Sisters? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was uh that was kinda interesting. But so I guess with all that said, uh yeah, this is like shoot an, uh, almost two hours and then the you know, time yes, this is like at about an hour and a half anyway, I'm sure once it's finished being edited, so uh 
cool, fe- cool of you to join us, Ben. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for having me. I appreciate it. No, no, hit, hit us up any, hit me up anytime. Anyway, I'm always a fan to talk about Tinfins, shit, and uh, maybe you know what? I'll see if I try to do too. I'll see if uh, I get you a copy of my list as I've been working on it lately, and um, you know, get bounce feedback back and forth, and keep me posted on your list as it updates. Mention what's your uh, mention your Twitch stream again. Oh, okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash pomegranate. Um, if you okay. want to come watch me play Legacy, I play Vintage, Modern, Legacy. I draft sometimes. I sometimes play Standard. So I just want you just like Magic in general. I'm just playing everything. Yeah, maybe we'll play online sometime. Yeah, I'm, I'm always down for a game. Hell yeah! Uh, but yeah, definitely keep in touch. Uh, come up with any developments or anything you would just want to talk Legacy. Hit us up. We know we'll love having people on. Thank you. Yeah. Also, uh, after you have the podcast, uh, if you want to just. Uh, Give me a link to it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, no, it's, I, it's I, uh, for our eyes only. <laughs> top, top, top secret. But I want to. I want to link it's, it to to my stream so they can, you know, find sure. you guys too. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. It's um. It's hosted on MTG Cast. Okay. And then uh, so they they they'll usually tweet the link to it anyway. And then a lot of times I'll tweet, I'll retweet it or whatever. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get it out to you. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. No problem. And. Uh, Wow, so with all that said, I think everybody has had a whole lot of Tin Fins for the, for the evening, and that's pretty freaking cool with me. And get ready for Tin Fins Part 2 next week. <laughs> well, so, so I think uh, I'm probably going to end up calling this episode Three Demons. <laughs> Three Demons? <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's, and now, uh, that's how many copies of Grizzlebrand you play too, Ben, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not great. I've been, I've, been play, I've been playing four because I, man, the the lion's eye diamond just works so good, and like I just want Grizzlebrand in my hand. Oh. You usually don't. You usually don't say that when you're playing the deck. You know, where you think like reanimator deck. I want the I want the creature yeah. in my hand. But, uh. Exactly. <laughs> well, the the burning wish just the burning wish is so good too. You know, it's it's this the debate. Man, I've been thinking about doing tin fins with cunning wish for a while just to make the instant speed sideboard. But uh, I think I'm. The way I have it built, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll shoot you my deck link, uh, deck list at some point. Maybe I'll just uh, post up the picture, um, something. But you can hit feedback back and forth, and uh, I'm sure we'll keep in touch soon. Anyway, yep. for everybody else, uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your. Hopefully, this show comes out on Monday this week. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we had like a bunch of episodes backlogged because we couldn't edit them in fast enough. <laughs> yeah. We? Oh, you got a mouse in your pocket? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me and no, Mr. I, Grizzlebrand over here. <laughs> I, I finally got all caught up. I, I, I got one episode finally posted up uh, last night, so it actually was hosted uh, this morning. <laughs> I and, did, and I'm like, all right, now I'm one day behind, <laughs> as opposed to the two weeks I've been. I figure out when the show gets posted, when people start meant, like tweeting me on t- uh, Twitter and uh, on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I guess Adrian posted the episode. People are talking <laughs> about this stuff now. <laughs> well, it's, it was kind of funny, because actually, so what happened last week, Ben, was like me, him, me, Jerry, and uh, John Selsa, who does a podcast called Tap and Sack, all went out for breakfast, and I ended up recording it on my phone. And then I just took the audio files and put them into Audacity. So the the quality wasn't as good, and I think that's why Heavy Meta Midget hit me up. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and again, scoop him into top eight, and I'm going to try some of his suggestions because it was awesome. But anyway, for everybody else, I hope you all have a good Monday, and 
Yeah, we'll see you guys later. Awesome. When the days are cold and the cards all fold and the saints we see are all made of gold. When your dreams all fail and the wounds we hail are the worst of all and the bloods run stale. I wanna hide the truth. I wanna shelter you, but with the There's nowhere we can hide No matter what we breed We still are made of greed This is my kingdom come This is my kingdom come Kingdom come.